Hi, everybody. This is Lee. I'm here with Jerry and a special guest, Dr. James Lee. Um, this is One New Man Ministries. We are an Ephesians 2 ministry who um, our goal is by reading the Old Testament and the New Testament studying together to understand that God's plan to redeem a people for himself and to redeem and create a body of believers is through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, and in him we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Dr. Lee, our special guest, is, has a doctor ministry from region and has been a world evangelist and revivalist to the nations for 36 years, has incredible experience, and has written three great books. Um, the Kingdom of God is at Hand, When God Walks with an Ordinary Man, and it is written. And we're just so happy to have Dr. Lee with us. Thank you, Dr. Lee, and thank you, Jerry. Yes, we are really thrilled to have Dr. Lee, and we're going to try and take every advantage of him that we can. Um, normally, we jump right into the Parsha portion, but I was thinking that uh, we ought to take a quick look at our New Testament reading, and maybe we'll get back to it towards the end. But we've talked before about how important it is for uh, Christians to really know and understand the Old Testament because it is the foundation and as our visitor last week uh, pointed out, uh, the old is in the new, the new is in the old concealed, and the old is in the new revealed. So uh, you cannot just read, and it's not even half the Bible. The New Testament is more like a, a third of the Bible when you compare it in size. And so our our New Testament portion this week was uh, found in First Corinthians chapter ten, from verse six to verse thirteen. And it really brings out this idea of how important it is to understand and know the story of God as it's presented in the Old Testament. Uh, it says, beginning back up in verse 1, I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And what he's talking about here is how uh, all of the fathers uh, came out from Egypt and were all uh, baptized in the, uh, in the same cloud and in the same sea. The cloud is the cloud we read about in, in uh, Numbers, the presence of God that appeared as a pillar of smoke or a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. All ate the same spiritual food, the manna. All drank from the same spiritual drink, that is the water that poured from the rock. Uh, that rock was Christ, was Messiah. And nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So here's, here's where we are, are exhorted, really, to understand these things, because he says these things took place as examples for us. It wasn't only just history as it was happening to the Israelites, but these things that they went through serve as examples to us. In this case, things not to do so much. Uh, that we might not desire the evil as they did. Don't be idolaters, as some of them were, as it's written. The people sat down to eat drank, uh, and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. We shouldn't grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. No, these things happened to them as an example. Now, when Scripture says something to you once, you, you ought to pay attention. But when it says something to you twice, right, you, you, you really need to perk up your ears and pay attention. God is really trying to get something across to us. And I think it's so valuable because these are the exact situations that we're about to go look at in, in Numbers. So to have this exhortation, be careful, look at these things, and understand that they're examples written down for our instruction. Friends, if, if you are not reading the Old Testament and, and gleaning the truths that they are imparting to you, you are missing a significant part of the instruction that God intends for you. 
right? That's right. These are written down for our instruction. So <clears throat> the end of the ages has come upon us. In other words, the, the whole goal of human history in God's eyes is to bring Messiah forward, right? To reveal the salvation at the end of the ages. And this is where we are. We have had Yeshua come bringing salvation and the end of the ages is upon us. Therefore, so because of all these truths, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So this is a warning against pride. It's a warning against our arrogance, a warning against our spiritual know-it-all-ism, if you will, right? No temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And, you know, a lot of people just take that verse and, and apply it without thinking about the context. What he's saying is this verse applies to the situation first that the Israelites were in. All of the things that they were worried about, all the temptations that they faced, whether it was temptations of security, food, drink, care, protection in the wilderness, all of those they were tempted to walk away from God and depend upon themselves, right? But it says, God is faithful. God is faithful. And because God is faithful, in those temptations, there was a way for them to get out of it. What was the way? Turn to God, right? And so any temptation that we face, what is the way out of it? God remains faithful. What do we have to do? We have to trust in him. So I wanted to kind of put that out there first today before we look at the Parsha, just this idea that what we're about to look at in Numbers is not just stories about some ancient people, right? This is written down for our instruction. And it's also meant for us to see the faithfulness of God that Paul talks about in Corinthians actually at work in the Israelite people. Thoughts or ideas there? Well, if I may say one thing, uh, you know, nowadays uh, there is a very uh, prevalent message of super grace. And of course, God is, uh, God is God of mercy and grace, but God cannot bend his rule, his laws, his righteous acts. And because of that, even the chosen people in Old Testament days were punished when they disobey God. Could Same I stop you there? Maybe just explain for our audience what you mean by super grace? Well, the super grace uh, message is that no matter what you do, what kind of sin that you fall into it, God is graceful, so he will forgive you. But there is no really repentance message is attached to it. So many young people living like, uh, unfortunately, worldly people, and they come to church and to God and say, hey, God's grace covers for me, so I'm, I'm okay. And this is, uh, I think, wrong message, because if you look at the, throughout the Old Testament, God punished uh, Israelites when they sin and walk away from God. So grace is there, just like uh, he's going to make a way for us to escape, but that's the grace. But we have to return to God in true repentance and ask God's forgiveness. Then his grace will kick in, not just to sinning, so grace will just mm -hmm. unconditionally, like a jail-free card, you know, just cover you. You know, so we have to fear the Lord. And I think uh, we don't have a fear, fear of the Lord anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. We uh, just have some bad teaching from the New Testament, too. What Paul says, what, what shall we say? Shall we sin that grace may abound? You know, yeah. God forbid. So any idea, super grace from the Old Testament or the New Testament, that's, that's not the way God operates. No, truly not. Because, uh, you know, Apostle Paul talks about grace a lot in, throughout the New Testament. But because by his grace, once he was a persecutor, even the murderer of Christians, but by his grace, he got encountered with the Yeshua, transformed. Now he evangelizes Jews and Gentiles in Book of Acts. And that's a grace. Mm -hmm. So grace must be used for more of how you are glorifying God, how you are transforming the world, how you are bringing uh, sinners to the kingdom of God. By grace, I was one sinner, but by grace of God, now I'm a saint. I'm called by the Lord. I am a uh, disciple of Christ. So my job is to 
heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, and preach the kingdom of God wherever we go. Without that grace, I could never be able to do that. You know, I grew up in South Korea under the Buddhist home, and I didn't know anything about Yeshua. But when, when I get radically saved after I immigrate to America, I realized that only through Yeshua I have eternal life. And by grace, while I was walking down the Manhattan totally drunk, two <laughs> Christian young ladies attacked me with the gospel of Jesus Christ and led me to church. That's a grace. Mm -hmm. He cared for me. So once I enter into the grace, I was saved, healed, baptized, and then I am now doing everything possible to serve the Lord, walk with God, evangelizing, saving souls, bring healing to the broken people. We need to use grace for what God is doing for His victorious work in our lives. Not, mm. I am committing sin, I'm falling away, I'm doing all kind of evil things, but grace covers for me. No, that's a wrong message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that sort of, the abbreviation for that is cheap grace. It right. cheapens grace. It cheapens the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilt to cover our sins. Right. And, you know, when we sin, if we don't think, oh, no, I spilt another drop of Jesus' blood to cover that sin, we're not thinking about the the consequence of our sin in a serious enough way. And, yes, by, by grace we have been saved through faith. That faith is in God's promises, right? Because God promises a way out, right? So he uses sinful people to accomplish his plan for salvation, you know? Whether it's David... You know, let's go down the list, you know, start from the beginning. But it's funny, you know, because always he there's this recurring word in the Old Testament. It says, and this is in Numbers 10, it says, And they shall be to you for memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. And he's talking about the trumpets, also in the day of your gladness and your appointed season, your new moon, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. So he's talking about atonement. But this word memorial, yeskor, keeps coming up. Remember, it came up in Exodus. And what it really is saying is, remember who I am. For I am the Lord your God, and his promises can't be broken. And then that promises, yes, is mercy and grace and forgiveness for sins. And it's also holding us to account. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I wonder, uh, just thinking about grace for a second, um, do you think part of our misunderstanding these days is uh, due to the idea, a lot of people, if you say, why did Jesus die, will answer, so I could go to heaven, right? Not a phrase you'll find in the Bible. Jesus died for sins. And when we talk about salvation, it's being saved from sins. And so there's, a, I think, sometimes a fundamental misunderstanding of the gospel and the purpose of grace. Right. And I think uh, Yeshua came to fulfill the very prophetic words that God spoke in Genesis 3.15, you know, that uh, someday Jesus will come and crush the head of the devil and devil will uh, bruise the, his heel. Already it's been prophesied from Genesis and before uh, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. He killed an innocent animal, potentially lamb. And Adam and Eve have to watch innocent lamb dying and bleeding inside the garden. And God took the tunic, skin out of that, and covered the Adam and Eve and kicked them out. That's already symbol of someday lamb of God will die on the cross. And then when uh, Adam and Eve was uh, called by the Lord to create 
a new sons and daughters on the planet of Earth, God gave them two blessings. Number one is eternal life. They were created to live eternally, not to die. And God said, you will have a dominion over every living thing on the earth. So God gave Adam and Eve kingdom power, authority to rule the world. But when the sin entered, Satan usurped the two blessings. Man began to die, and that death is not only physically dying on the earth, we will be forever separated from God. And that's one place you will be forever separated is eternal hell. And then Satan usurped the kingdom power. So Yeshua came to not only restore salvation unto us so we can have eternal life, but he also restored the kingdom authority and power so that we can, he can be inside of us so that we can move from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth to expand the kingdom of God by uh, Matthew 24, I mean 10, 7 and 8 said, As you go, say the kingdom of heaven is at 10. So that's a salvation message. You preach the kingdom of God. But then he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the kingdom power is restored back through his sons and daughters by Jesus living in us and the Holy Spirit in us. So we should destroy the works of the devil in the name of Christ. And in so doing that, devil's kingdom will be destroyed. And soon we're going to usher in the Yeshua to come back. Until that day, our mission is not ended. We keep mm -hmm. evangelizing the every unreached people groups in the world, and we need to bring kingdom power to destroy the works of the devil upon every people, tongue, and tribe, and nations. Then his kingdom will be glorious. And that's what he said uh, at the end of Matthew. All authority or all power, all power has been delivered to me. Now you go. Right, exactly. <laughs> And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit right. comes down upon you. You know, yesterday was a, a Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we need to, church has lost the power. So we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about this together before we went on air. So maybe we ought to consider some of this idea about the supernatural and where we find it in the world today, why we find it in some places rather than others. Let's, let's at least set the stage for that. Uh, this is the story that we find in chapter 11 of Numbers. <clears throat> this comes after uh, so much uh, detail about establishing the tabernacle, constructing it, setting it up, uh, the details about the kites of sacrifices, the details about the priests and their work, the details about bringing forward the, uh, the, the various uh, priests, the high priest, and consecrating them, then bringing forward the Levites and consecrating them. And uh, everything is all set up now for us to, to move forward. Um, <clears throat> and they have actually uh, marched out on their, their first, first uh, leg of the journey. It says at the end of chapter 10, they set out from the Mount of the Lord. So they've been in Sinai for just a little bit over a year, right? And it says they, they set out and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went out before them three days journey to seek a resting place. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by, nay, by day where, where, whenever they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to the ten thousands, thousands of Israel. So, we need to remind ourselves this is not actually some ho-hum everyday setting. This is a couple of million people in the desert being fed by manna from heaven, rock from, uh, water from a rock. <laughs> they have seen the pillar of fire, the, 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 the cloud that's before them. They've seen Moses uh, and the others when the fire fell and nobody could go in the tabernacle. They've seen a lot of miracles. Right. Exactly. So then chapter 11 begins. The people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. Well, it's hard to understand what exactly they're feeling misfortunate about. It doesn't say when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Well, that would seem like a pretty supernatural thing happening. Fire falling all of a sudden and just burning up parts of the camp. But that's not it. Then the people cried out to Moses. Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So the name of the place was called Tabera, 
which is a word relating to the Hebrew word for fire. Because of the fire, the Lord burned among them. Now, verse 4, the rabble that was among them, uh, the Jewish translators say the riffraff, uh, others call it the mixed multitude, that it wasn't only Jewish people who came out from Egypt, but many Egyptians uh, came along because they had been convinced of the reality of Israel's God. And so they came along, but it's now this mixed multitude. They had a strong craving, so some sort of physical desire begins to overtake them. And the people of Israel wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, which is a ridiculous thing to say. It only cost them their freedom. They were slaves. They were tossed some scraps at the end of the day. To say that it cost nothing is, is just remarkable. And I guess we should ask, how much has the manna costing them? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess you know, I'm interested in Dr. Lee because I've read your book, The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand, and about the, 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 soup, the power of the supernatural and the stories you've told that you've witnessed around the world as an evangelist. And, you know, people read this about a, a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud guiding them about manna, and either they don't believe it, or they think it's an allegory or metaphor, or they easily dismiss it. Even these murmurs easily dismiss it. And, you know, and, and the same with the resurrection and the resurrection power of that Jesus not only died on the cross, he was resurrected and lives in heaven at the right hand of God. So can you explain to us about this, the Western mind's relationship to the supernatural as opposed to the Eastern mind that you've talked about and observed? Well, I think problem of uh, uh, mindset, especially in the Western and Eastern mindset and so on, uh, Western mindset is mostly linear from point A to point B. You know, they want to go from point A to point B as quickly, as organized, as in control. You know, that's what they think. Well, uh, biblical mindset is circular. You know, you have to go around and you have to build the relationships. You have to understand process and all that. And uh, I think uh, uh, more miracles are happening in Asian, Asia and the Middle East and some Eastern Europe is because uh, they are hungry for new, really became a new man in Yeshua. And they read the Bible, and they don't. They do not have a denominational background. They do not have any uh, religious background anymore. They were Buddhist, they were Hindus, you know, Hindus, and then they were Muslims, and they they come to get to know Yeshua. Now they read the Bible. They do not have uh, preconceived ideas about Old Testament and New Testament. When they read, fire of God fell from heaven, you know, s smoke came down. They believe, and the New Testament. You know, tongues of fire came, and they went out, and supernatural signs and wonders and miracles took place. Why not? We can do the same, because Yeshua lives inside of us, his full authority. Holy Spirit lives inside of uh, us with the full power. And same Jesus who was in Apostle Paul, Peter, John, same Jesus is with us. Kind of mindset, simple, childlike understanding, and they accept it. So I believe miracle happens much easier. But we are scientific mind in Western world. We like to analyze. We are logically thinking mind and, and all, all that. I don't even like the term theology. Theology means man is studying God. I think we need to change to humanology. God is studying man so you can discover who you are. You know, big God is always big God. And so I, I really believe that we need to know the purpose of uh, why we are in Christ. Like God suddenly out of nowhere, there was no Israelite, Jewish people. Jew simply means, Yudahim means people who worship God, praise God, and give God the glory. There was nobody in any people, tongue, and tribe, and nation who worshiped God. One God, one and only God. So God select Gentile man Abraham, Abraham, and make a Jewish nation out of it. And he promised, I will bless you. And whoever bless you, so Gentile must bless Israel. Because Israel and Jewish people are the most important 
creation that God ever created amongst all the people groups because through them great salvation and the kingdom power will come back and so I am I would like to call myself uh, Messianic Gentiles because without Yeshua I would never get to know El Shaddai Elohim Yahweh and so why did he then selected Israelites because through you all the families of the earth shall be blessed so God created Israel to save Gentiles because there was only one light in Old Testament day Israel was the only light and God has to show supernatural manifestation of himself to Israelite so that Gentiles who became Israelites will believe on one and only God you know and then the, uh, through them, all the people, tongue, and tribe, and nation will be blessed. So God caused Israelite to be a blessing to the Gentiles. But Gentiles must bless them. If you curse the Jewish people, you will be cursed. You have to be blessed. And so Yeshua comes, and the New Testament begins, son of David and son of Abraham. <laughs> that connects old and new very tight. Without Jesus being son of David as a uh, one who... Uh, new Adam to bring kingdom authority back to his chosen people, son of David. He was a king. And the son of Abraham, he came to die on the cross as a lamb of God who take away the sin of the world. So the two things goes together. So uh, Messianic Jews or Messianic Gentiles, once we have a Yeshua in us, we must believe. It doesn't matter you are Western Christian or Eastern Christian. You must believe that Yeshua inside of you is the same power that God brought uh, the fire by night and mm. the cloud by day through the Holy Spirit. We have a fire by night and you know the cloud by day is guiding us and then His authority is with us. So whatever New Testament that Jesus asks us to do, we must obey and use His name to set people free because if somebody is blind, how can he really go around and preach the gospel? That's the work of the devil. We need to open the blind eyes so that then men can be free, so that become born again, and then become a, a messianic, either Jew or Gentile, so they can transform the world for his glory. So, so what what do you guys um, think about the the man this story here of the murmurings and the mamma manna and the great lust that we're reading because here they are they're living in they're eating bread from heaven you know supernaturally provided for them every day and they're being led by a cloud and a pillar of fire and still it's like they don't acknowledge god they turn from god what is that about man I think it's a Satan's uh, great uh, design that if men will truly accept the power of God, authority of God, and moving in that kingdom, authority, and power, devil is in great danger because devil kingdom will be destroyed. So devil is constantly behind of the scene, bring doubt, you know, unbelief and all that. So many Jews fell away from the, uh, even after seeing such a great miracles, ten miracles to deliver Israelites from Egyptian bondage. Well, same thing. New Testament, if you take the miracle scripture out of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what's left? Really, there's not much left. And these Jewish Messianic Jews moved in signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, they evangelized by giving their lives. And all of most of the New Testament is written by the Jewish people. Many uh, secular Jews don't even realize that New Testament are written by the Jews. And they went out with the supernatural signs and wonders and miracles. That's why Gentiles saw that and say, there is a God. So Gentiles saw the signs and wonders and miracles that drew them to the Almighty God. And so nothing changed. Still, we uh, in Gentile world, devil doesn't want you to have a baptism in the Holy Spirit or understanding the signs and wonders and miracles. Just to you know, be religious, just sing, praise God, and don't do any work to destroy the works of the devil, then devil is happy. No, we must not make him happy. We must make him 
really threatened by the Christians because we are moving in supernatural realm, not because our power, just like uh, uh, Zechariah said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so yesterday was the day of Pentecost. I mean, people are even afraid of Pentecostals. Like, oh, no, Pentecostal. Pentecostal, Pentecost simply means 50th day. You know, if I say, hey, do you afraid of 50th day? Nobody's going to be afraid of that. But if, if I say Pentecost, Pentecostals, we move in signs and wonders and miracles, people are afraid of that. I think it's not a people. It's a demonic power behind of them, causing them to be in bondage of uh, religious spirits so the church lost the power. Church lost the anointing. So church became powerless church. No, but that was not the case in the book of Acts. Church was so powerful, gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. And that's what Yeshua built the church on the earth. Not powerless church, very powerful church. And I believe God is bringing uh, Jews and Gentiles together as one man to fulfill the big picture of God as a powerful tool. And I believe in this last hour of the, the last days, there will be more Apostle Paul. Messianic Jewish group will begin to rise and evangelize the world just like same power as Book of Acts. Because revival means literally restoration of force, validity, and effect as unto an original contract. Our original contract mm -hmm. is Book of Acts. So if we want to see revival, we got to resurrect the Book of Acts miracle in Messianic Jewish community, in Messianic Gentile community, in every uh, denomination, and so we can evangelize the unreached people groups. That's the will of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <coughs> I think that part of the answer to what you're asking, though, is, is in this First Corinthians passage, in, in a way, uh, there's there's a, a, a way of teaching in Jewish culture called midrash, uh, ex, ex, explanation and exposition of a text, and this is sort of a, a, a midrash by Paul on on how he wanted the Corinthian people to understand these stories in Numbers, and I think that when we look at what he says here, uh, he his takeaway is. Uh, they happened as examples that we might not desire evil as they did. So we need to ask ourselves, what was the evil that they desired? And in this case, it's, it's, a, it's a fleshly thing. Uh, they had a craving, right? Uh, but then he goes on to say, don't be idolaters as some of them were. So, so what is he getting at there? And we understand idolatry is greater than just the image of an idol, Idolatry is putting anything in the place where God should be. So what were they idolizing in that setting that we need to check ourselves? Because later on he'll say, uh, those who think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Right. Right. So, so they were idolaters because of this notion here. They rose, the, the, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play which he takes as sexual immorality that it comes later in the story, right? Uh, as some of that did. And uh, we shouldn't put Christ to the test. So I think that those are the areas for us to be thinking about why the supernatural doesn't get released in us, perhaps, uh, because we are not ourselves in the right place for the power to flow, maybe? What do you think about that? I, I think uh, if you are truly born again, Jesus lives inside of you with his full authority. And if you're born again, Holy Spirit indwells inside of you with his full power. But we are thinking like Old Testament times, oh God, come down from heaven, touch us and anoint us. Meantime, Jesus will say, hello, I'm inside of you with the full authority. That's why uh, Jesus said, I have to go so the Holy Spirit can come down so that Jesus can multiply by a million people. If there are a million people, Jesus is multiplied in a million times. Mm -hmm. So that a million people can do exactly what Jesus did, even greater things. But I think we do not see this because we don't believe, number one. Number two, we don't preach. And number three, we don't practice. 
what scripture is empower us to do. And when what you don't practice and you don't believe, you can never have. You have to believe to have. See, Bible said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think rebellion comes because of lack of faith and lack of trusting the Word of God. I mean, I travel to the nations, and uh, uh, I have seen with my own eyes, like 12 blind eyes got opened, mm -hmm. you know, in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of them happened in Bulgaria, one in uh, Africa, in Ethiopia, and one in Norway, and things like that. But when that happened, nobody is exalting me. They are all giving God the glory. Because they know I'm a human being. There's no way I can do anything like that. But I use the name of Yeshua. And they all glorify God. And many people gave their lives to Christ. You know? And so that's the whole thing. That it, I saw this lady who came to me and said, Hey, would you please pray for my daughter who is blind? So... She just became born again in Norway. So I said, how do you know that uh, your daughter can be healed? And uh, she said to me, you preached that tonight. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I preached Jesus as the power to open the blind eyes. That's what I said. And so she literally believed exact word in the scripture mm -hmm. as her, her faith. So right. grabbed hold of my hand, took me to her daughter, so I pray really hard, Lord, you're going to really open, <laughs> open her eyes. Otherwise, We're on uh, the spot here. <laughs> your, your name is in trouble. And by the grace of God, her eyes got open. And then the little island of 2,000 members, uh, you know, uh, 2,000 inhabitants in that island, I received 19 invitations after them from all different homes to come and share the gospel and pray for healing. And God performed many miracles. But if I wasn't challenged, and if I didn't exercise in faith, nothing could take place. So I think we need to have more faith in the Lord and trusting God. You are not the healer. Yeshua who lives inside of you is the healer. You are nothing with the microphone, you and I. Mm -hmm. Jesus can pick you up, turn it on, and he can speak with authority. Then same signs and wonders and miracles in the book of Acts can take place. <laughs> but when we are, he's done with us, he can turn up the microphone. We're nothing, you know. And so we need to realize it is not us. It is the Lord who lives inside of us can do same things like Jesus promised. You can do all the miracles that I have done, even greater things than what I have done. I really believe that's all possible only if you believe. I, uh, you know, you said a couple of things that struck me. One is you said... It's your name. God, it's your name, right? Jesus, it's your name here. That's, you know, and this, and this is a recurring theme in this, this idea of memorial, right? It's your name, God. It's your promise that's at stake here. It's not Moses, right? right? And, and so, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, in, in this discontent that these people are expressing about, hey, where's the flesh, you know? I'm, I'm done with this supernatural manna, you know? I want some flesh, right? And, 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 it, and, and, and the rabbis say discontent like sin is contagious. And so, you know, we have a lot of discontent inside of us, you know, and— and Deuteronomy is very clear. It says, God says, I put before you life or death, good or evil, choose life, right? And then he says, all of these curses are because you did not worship me with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Isn't that what's going on right here? They have the abundance of manna, supernatural food from heaven. And what do they do? They murmur, they're discontent, where's the flesh? And, and that is us. That's us. We, we, and you know, the, the thing about, you know, when you talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside of you, he came to conquer death. He conquered death. He is resurrected. He is life. 
And when God says, I put before you life or death, he's saying, I put before you Yeshua or death. Choose Yeshua. That's what he's saying. And John 10 says, what's the work of God? To believe in the one in whom he has sent. And with him inside of us, with life inside of us, life spreads life. Death spreads death. One of the interesting features in this passage to me, uh, it says that uh, they were sick of everything and now our strength is dried up and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Then there's a brief description of the manna and how it fell every night. But then verse 10 of chapter 11 in Numbers, Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. And I just found that phrase pretty intriguing. What is really hidden in that little phrase? Hey, Joe, are you as sick of this manna as I am? Hey, Frank, over there, can we get something besides manna? And there was this growing, murmuring, complaining, public, uh, what did I write down? Public slander of God's work, right? Right. And, 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 you know, when you think back to what we were talking about earlier in Numbers where the camp was arranged with the dwelling place of the Lord in the middle, you know, and, and, the, and the whole focus was to be on, you know, the dwelling place of the Lord and, right. and, the, and the equality <clears throat> and the worshiping of that. This is the undermining of that, the, how discontent spreads between Frank and Joe and, you know. When you were talking earlier, uh, I was reminded that at every Passover, we have a little song that we sing called Dianu. It would have been enough. And yet here we have our people actually saying, nothing is enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's where grumbling and complaining comes from, right? Uh, Dissatisfaction, discontent with what God has currently provided me. Right. I mean, what God has provided for millions of uh, Israelites in the wilderness, that is an incredible miracle Mm -hmm. every day. And the the scripture said, whatever manna, whatever you're thinking in your your head, you put it in your mouth, then taste will turn into what you're thinking. That's what they said. So it wasn't just kind of boring uh, manna, what is it? But Mm -hmm. God turned the taste to be like if you were thinking potentially, oh, I love that maybe orange that I was eating in Egypt, then that manna would taste like orange in his mouth. That's what God was talking about. So God was really doing everything possible to take care of them. But when they make, you know, really complaining before the Lord, it is really uh, disregarding heart of God. Mm-hmm. And I think the New Testament Christians uh, and believers, we do the same. God blesses us with the beyond measure, but we are never satisfied with many things. And mm-hmm. we continuously complain before the Lord, right? right? And I think that's the idolatry. Amen. You know, it's a covetousness. And know? that's exactly the point. I it's think the what? Covetousness. covetousness. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, when Paul says these happen as an example, look at them, look at you. And then he says, so there's no temptation that's taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, what they went through is the same as what you're going through. Right. The way of escape was by turning to God. The way of escape for us in our temptation is turning to God. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? And, you know, and, and, and Jesus is the manna. The bread right. from heaven, from right? Heaven. And if 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 that was enough for me, would I covet something else? Would I complain about something right. else? Amen. You know, and so yeah. Yes. I think Mother yes. Teresa is famous for saying, "You'll never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have." <laughs> That's right. And maybe we sometimes have too much. Right. And yeah. God, in His fatherly wisdom strips some things away from us that we will turn in the direction we need to be faced that's right he will test us yeah you know we were we were we were talking about um in numbers 11 and 12 
about Moses as a leader and the contrast between, you know, some of Moses's characteristics and these other leaders that uh, the elders that he called forth. Can we talk a little bit about that story? That's a interesting. Yeah, I know, Doctor Lee, you had some thoughts about the spirit of Moses and then being uh, shared with the seventy right. uh, elders. Go ahead. Well, I think uh, Moses was uh, doing everything, you know, and he complained before the Lord, and <clears throat> the burden is too heavy for me. And God said, even in the Old Testament days, spirit of the Lord which was upon Moses, I'm going to lift it up and divide, and I'm going to give it to seventy others. And there was a two remained behind. They were prophesying when the Spirit fell upon them. And then the Joshua said, you know, should we go and tell them, be quiet, because they didn't come forward? But then Moses said, how I wish all Israelites will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that's a, like the prototype of what God is yet to do in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Really, in the New Old Testament days, the Holy Spirit came upon priest, king, and prophets and specially appointed people are the only privileged people who had a privilege to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, day of Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit upon all flesh. Literally, whosoever, 120 common people received the powerful Holy Spirit. They were not part of Sanhedrin. They are not part of religious uh, Sadducees or Pharisees. They are <laughs> fishermen, tax collectors, sinners, but they received the promise of uh, the Father upon them. And then, you know, Jesus appointed 12 and sent them out to do the work of the kingdom of God. And, and 12 disciples went and used the name of Jesus and moved in great signs and wonders and miracles. Many were healed. Many demons were cast out as though Jesus went out with them, but Jesus didn't go out with them. And then he selected Luke chapter 10, 70 common people, 70 others, and gave them authority and power. And these 70 common people went out and they did even greater things. And Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like a lightning. And, and I, Jesus promised, I'll give you authority over every demonic force of darkness. That was to the common 70 people. Mm -hmm. I think it is very clear, even in the Old Testament days, it is the work of the Holy Spirit who came upon 70 elders to assist Moses. Well, we have now the prophet, the king, the priest. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. And now Spirit is given unto 70 and to all of us so that we can assist our priest, our king, our prophet to do what he wants us to do, not complaining, not complaining about the manna, you know, we need to thank the Lord for every second. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the heart that we must have. Then I believe river of life will flow through you and me. Sometimes in the nations, not everybody got healed. One time I was really disappointed. I prayed so hard and that man is not healed. So I... That night I was crying out to the Lord, God, what happened? Why you didn't heal that person? Well, tonight you are moving more of as though you have a power just because the night before I moved. Who's, the, who's healing? Is that you or me? And so I said, no, Lord, it's you. And from now on, when somebody's not healed, it's not also your responsibility. Because when you try to take the credit to yourself and why that didn't happen, when it happens, sometimes there's a danger of being prideful and take credit. So either healing take place, then give God the glory. Not take place, still give God the glory because it is not you. And I learned something. It is the Spirit of God that moves through me who knows the perfect will of the Father in Jesus Christ over everybody. And we just need to surrender our heart to the move of the Holy Spirit not taking or not touching His glory whatsoever and allow Him to do His job in your life, in my life. God is only asking you and I to do our part. That's all. We don't need to look at somebody else's. Amen. And so, yeah, <coughs> and God we could say the, say the same thing about uh, doing mm. evangelism that I 
give the gospel to somebody and they believe, but I give the gospel to somebody else and they don't believe. Right. Right? It's kind of the same issue. Sure. Um, but the Spirit is the one who does the healing. The Spirit is the one who does the regeneration right. that leads to faith. And so we really need to take seriously what Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind blows where it will, right? We don't control the Spirit. He controls the right. situation, controls us. Yeah. yeah, there is therefore no <laughs> condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Amen. No condemnation. Well, we want to set aside the last few minutes for uh, Dr. Lee is going to do some praying for us and for you folks who are listening on air. Um, I wanted to touch on something that we didn't talk about just real briefly. In chapter 10, there's this uh, instruction to, to create two silver trumpets. And I thought that they were interesting to uh, just consider that uh, their purpose was to... Uh, summon the people, sometimes for a meeting, sometimes to get ready to break camp. Uh, it was used for them to uh, be called to order, prepare to march. It was used, uh, there was a long blast for them to uh, rest uh, at the end of a march. But then it says, when adversaries oppress you and you go to war, then sound the alarm that you may be remembered, and there's your Yisker, your memorial, that you may be remembered by the Lord, by Yahweh. And I always like to, to remind ourselves that the Lord is more of a title than a name. His name is anglicized Yahweh, the, your God, as distinguished from other nations and their gods, that you'll be remembered by Yahweh, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Uh, so, so the, the, there's a, there's an emphasis on, on danger, an emphasis on my mustering and preparing and maybe being ready to do something for God, right? Or at least to call God to remembrance when I'm facing adversaries. But then it has this interesting phrase, and this is kind of where I wanted to go. Maybe it touches on why we give up or forget about the supernatural. It says, also on the day of your gladness. And isn't this the warning that he gives to the Israelites in Deuteronomy? When you're in the land and you get full, be careful that you don't forget your God. That's right. What do you think about those things? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, that like you said, Dr. Lee, God wants to use us for his plan, but he has redundancy. He doesn't need me doesn't need you he wants me he wants you because he loves us but God's promises will be fulfilled that's the basis of our faith is that God is a promise keeper and when this says remember me remember my promises you know and and glorify me like you're saying then you know, that is the, and, and, and it all comes back to the supernatural, the manna, you know, when, the, 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 when we forget, you know, or we fall into our human lustings, you know, or we complain, you know, about what we lack, not the abundance that he's given us. <clears throat> the trumpets are a good way to remember. Amen. And I think many times we see the big problem in front of us and we magnify the problem uh, bigger than actually what it is. Well, instead of uh, telling God how big problem we have, we need to rec recognize how big God we have. And we tell the, our big problem how big God we have instead of the other way around. And so we need to have faith in the Lord, blow the trumpet when the enemy comes. Amen. We need to be a surf surfer. You know, when the big wave comes, we need to we need to ride the wave instead of just suck right into it. And God is big. I mean, I, I can share many stories of how big God was in my life, in the, you know, my time of trouble. And so I would love to pray for those people who are going through right now with any difficulties or any uh, physical ailments or whatnot. Can I pray for them? Uh, yes, I want to I get to that for sure. Uh, I just want to follow up with one thought here that you said, the trumpets are faith. 
your giant enemy is coming at you, and what do you do? Oh, let me pull out my trumpet and blow it and see if God remembers me, right? And that's it. We, we, we are called to do small things and ask our God to do what he alone does, big things. And so, yes, we want you to pray for big things for our audience. Uh, there are people out there who need the touch of God, and we're so glad you're here with us for that. Well, it has been my great honor to be with both of you, and I would like to just remind everybody who may listening to this program, we don't work for God, we work from God. When we work for God, when we have a time, when we have energy, when we have money, we serve God. But when we work from God, no matter what we feel, the power the mighty God can always come down and do the mighty things. <coughs> and so uh, if you are sick, I want you to put your hand in the area that you need the healing. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the time he died on the cross. So you just simply repent of your sin, return to God and say, God, Jesus, Yeshua, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive all my sins. And I will follow you all the days of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And bless me and use me to win many souls to the kingdom of God. If you pray that prayer with me, you are born again. Now, Bible said, as you go, uh, preach the kingdom of God. And he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Many, even the Christian, can be demonized oppressed by demons. So I want you to put your hands in the area where you're sick and I'm going to begin to pray. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, whoever listening to this program, may your glory, may your presence, may the power of the Holy Spirit enter into that room and finger of God come and touch uh, any man and any women who are listening to this program, God, and touch them tangibly. If there is anybody suffering with a, a spirit of infirmities, I pray in Jesus' name, every spirit of infirmity depart from them. And Lord, I pray your mighty healing power just come and touch them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet and be healed in the name of Jesus, Yeshua Amen. HaMashiach. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. If you are oppressed and depressed or you are addicted to alcohol or drug or sexual addictions, whatever the addiction that you have, you want to be free, just simply call upon the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua right now. In the name of Jesus, every addiction, every generational curse upon your life, be broken and depart from them and power of the living God flow upon them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. May their heart will turn to Jesus, Yeshua, uh, Hamashiach. If you are chosen Jewish people, I pray Yeshua came to fulfill Old Testament covenant to save Gentiles. Because without the Jewish nation and Yeshua coming from uh, King David's line, no Gentile like me, Koreans, can ever hear the gospel. And I can never call uh, Yahweh my father. And so Israel is gift unto the nations. So you need to come to Yeshua Receive Him as your Messiah and the Lord so that you can be used powerfully by the Lord to bring many Gentiles and many Jews to the kingdom of God because there is no more Jews and Gentiles. We are all one new man in Yeshua HaMashiach. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the, His mighty light shine upon you and bless you in all things that you do. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. 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 B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Dr. Lee, we're so glad you were with us today. It's been such a blessing. I'm sure we'll have you back in the future. Yes, it's always my great joy and honor. We are, again, One New Man Ministries, and you can locate us on the Internet at the number one, newmanministries.org. Uh, if you appreciated this broadcast this morning or others, uh, we, we urge you to go online and uh, share that uh, website with your friends. Uh, just recently, we uh, made our recordings available as a podcast, and you can find that on uh, Spotify. Lee, which other ones? Pandora and Apple Podcasts, and it's the one uh, 
O-N-E, not one, the number, One New Man Ministries. Okay, so podcast is O-N-E, <laughs> New Man Ministries, and the uh, website is the number one, newmanministries.org. We have had such a wonderful time today. We hope you'll join us again next week when we look at uh, the Scripture and uh, hear what God has to say to us from that. These things were written down, Paul says, for our instruction. Let's all be instructed in the ways of Yeshua and walk in his power as Dr. Lee's encouraged us. Thank you. God bless you, and we'll talk with you next week.